your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so doesn't cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked-on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's show, there are a few very fun topics to go over before we recap a little bit of tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. I won't have a full recap of the game just because it is a 9.30 start time, so... I, uh, I may not exactly be conscious by the end of the game, and certainly it's going to have to be something that we talk about in tomorrow's episode. But for tonight's episode, we will recap just a little bit of it, you know, the first period or so. That said, that doesn't mean there aren't some really interesting things to discuss, and one of the biggest ones involves the New York Rangers, which we were just talking about yesterday in lieu of the uh, Tom Wilson $5,000 fine for basically assaulting Pavel Bunchnevich. Apparently, the Rangers can't help themselves when it comes to getting into the limelight. In an extremely shocking move that caught just about everyone not entirely close to the situation off guard, the Rangers have fired GM Jeff Gorton and President John Davidson, which I think for a lot of folks just kind of came out of left field. Apparently, the NHL may have known that this was coming and had already prepared at least, I don't know, some sort of public materials for it, but it sounds like from most of the league, no one really knew this was going to happen. A lot of the media were saying that most other executive teams were just kind of like, holy crap. And, and certainly in shock, which I, I think is probably how most of us reacted. I don't think anyone saw this coming, and certainly, you know, not us, not anyone else. Probably no Rangers fans were expecting this, and in the interim, Chris Drury has been appointed GM, so that's an interesting move. As for why this move was done, there are some very interesting theories. One that's going around is that neither Gorton or um, Davidson were actually on board with that whole anti-George Paro statement that came out yesterday, and that they distanced themselves from it immediately, so maybe there was some internal disagreement between them and, of course, the team owner, James Dolan, who was apparently very incensed by the whole situation. But Dolan apparently hasn't been happy with the Rangers' performance in general and feels like the team needs to be grittier, have a more will-over-skill sort of mindset, and change the roster construction, which, for me, is very odd because I feel like the Rangers were starting to in certain areas around the corner. It's not like the Rangers haven't had a lot of issues throughout this entire season. They've had as many scandals and issues involving players fighting each other, racism, etc. as a team like the Ottawa Senators, which have mostly gone quiet since their very scandalous last few years. So I feel like the Rangers not really in a good position. Maybe this was an accumulation of things that Dolan didn't really appreciate, but you know, Mark Messier apparently does want to get involved. He's been basically saying he wants to be interviewed for at least some sort of executive role with the club and said something along the lines of the Rangers needing to be, you know, basically street tough and street wise, which is a really funny way of talking about hockey players. I feel like that just doesn't really make any sense, especially for the way the modern game is going. And if you ask me, I feel like this entire firing seems in rather poor taste and maybe a bit ill-advised considering that Gorton and Davidson didn't really do a terrible job. I, I wouldn't say that they're the best management team in the entire league, but certainly given their scenarios and options, I feel like they've done an all right job. 
you know, you can argue that they were lucky. You can say that maybe some of their contracts and free agent signings, not exactly great. I'd put them in like very average category or maybe slightly above average in certain facets and capacities, but certainly not exactly a management team that, you know, you would say is elite or anything, because when you look at a lot of their hirings and free agent signings and trades, the Rangers kind of have a bit of a spotty record. And certainly the Truba contract recently stands out as one that's going to hurt them for a while. All of this said, if the Rangers in fact do want to do like a will over skill grit style hockey team, I think that Gorton and Davidson are very much an upgrade over whatever is about to happen under Drury. Someone also tweeted a suggestion that uh, David Quinn was actually a Drury hire, so it doesn't seem like Quinn is out the door. He's certainly one of the few guys that's remained from the original, I guess, group of, of members that were just released, which, if you ask me, is a little bit strange. I look at Quinn's track record and what he does, and I'm not overly impressed with his body of work as an NHL coach. There are certainly times where the Rangers play competent and fun hockey, but by the same token, you often look at the lineups and arrangements and deployments, and you ask yourself, what exactly is Quinn doing out there? He seemingly has a very poor awareness for what his team is good at and what his players are individually, I guess, skilled in doing, and certainly arranges the lineups in ways that don't make sense. And then a lot of the rookies and stuff don't really get all that much ice time. If you're the Rangers, you really need to lean on your kids a lot, and, and obviously guys like Alexi Lafreniere are, are very talented and all that, but they don't actually see all that much ice. And if the Rangers are going to start moving towards like a gritty veteran-style team, it's going to be like a really bizarro version of the Jets, which, you know, having watched the Jets for many years, I can tell you, I don't think the Rangers want to go that route. New York needs to emphasize youth and skill and speed as the way forward for that team. They're certainly not built for like a really gritty, physical, grindy style of game, and they shouldn't be. The guys they've drafted recently or signed recently are all players that are very high skill, speedy transition skaters, very offensively gifted, and not the kind of guys that are going to be grinding in the corners a lot. Certainly some of these guys can be physical and all that, and they've got guys like Chris Kreider, but a lot of these players are very high skill guys. I don't think you want to slow that team down, and if you do, you're going to see the Rangers kind of become a really boring, crappy team over the next few years. You know, for me, the Rangers were in a pretty good spot rebuild-wise to continue their trajectory and really preaching patience the way that you would expect them to. Dolan suddenly getting involved with the team now really is a bad idea, in my opinion. I feel like he's not really equipped to handle any sort of, like, hockey op sort of stuff, and I don't know if Drury is either. Apparently, Drury has been groomed for this position for some time, but if he's the one calling the shots and he was very into, like, David Quinn or whatever, I'm not 100% sure I'm really all that jazzed about the idea of him taking on the reins of a really young team, one that's impressionable and frankly needs a very firm hand to guide it to success. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I just don't really like this move, and I think in a lot of ways the Rangers have put themselves in a much worse off position than they were under Gorton and Davidson, so we'll see what happens. Davidson and Gorton will both have suitors, I'm sure. Plenty of teams would be interested in their services. They may not be together, but wherever each of them goes, they'll probably have some measure of success. I, I wouldn't say like either of them are like super, super great at their jobs. I, I think Gorton is probably a serviceable GM, and Davidson will probably go back to like Columbus or something. But considering some of the guys that are out there in current positions right now, maybe they're actually better than most. This whole controversy was definitely the biggest news of the day, and if you want to know more about it, be sure to tune in to Locked On New York Rangers to hear from John Chick about this whole movement and what exactly he expects from the team going forward, as well as his own personal reactions to the firings. He had a very emotional Locked On Now video earlier, be sure to check it out as well. Yeah man, the Rangers, they're in an odd spot right now, and as an outsider, I can't say that I think they made the right move. 
But that's enough of my opinion about the Rangers. We're back to talking about the Winnipeg Jets, and in just a moment, I wanted to give a few more awards for the end-of-season-ish sort of performances. And for this show, we're going to pick two MVPs, and I think you can probably guess who they're going to be. You'll find out in just a moment. But before we go any further, I did want to tell you about the Locker Room app that I mentioned earlier in this episode. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, reporters, journalists, and so many others all in real time about your favorite team or sport. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, trade reactions, massive management changes like we just saw with the Rangers, and all the hot-button takes you can find. You can even find locked-on hosts from across the NBA, MLB, and NHL networks all in Locker Room. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked on Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of the Built Bar. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market because it tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But those aren't your only choices. Every so often... Built will drop a really unique special edition limited time flavor. So make sure to keep visiting BuiltBar.com and be sure to subscribe to their newsletter. If you can't choose between a particular flavor, no problem. They've got a mix box that includes all nine original flavors and gives you two bars of each, giving you all the samples you need to pick a favorite. But as good as these taste, they're even better for you. With most Built Bars clocking in at between 130 and 180 calories, 70 to 18 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're all super delicious and super healthy, so don't delay on ordering today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. They're even the perfect Mother's Day gift, so order now through May 9th. And again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are starting to hand out some of our end-of-season rewards. On the previous episode, we had a few for some Jets, including like biggest bounce-back season and biggest surprise. Now we're going to do a joint shared MVP season. And let's be honest, both of these guys, pretty obvious who I'm looking at. The first is going to be Nikolai Ehlers, and I think everyone knows why. When it comes to transition rush offense, which Winnipeg has preached as their primary style of offensive creation, Nikolai Ehlers does it better than anyone else. The crafty Dane has been one of Winnipeg's most explosive attackers for many seasons. His ability to transition up the ice, create space inside the offensive zone, dominate puck possession, and find open shooting and passing lanes makes him one of the most versatile threats in the entire league. His vision, IQ, edge work, shifty hands, and high-end skill make him one of the most complete attackers and certainly somebody that the Jets frankly can't live without. We've already experienced what life is like without Ehlers several times, and certainly this season over the past few games, his absence has been like a huge void. The Jets without Nick are frankly a shell of themselves, and it's very obvious just how important he is to everything Winnipeg wants to do, whether it's at even strength or on the power play. It really sucks to see him sidelined for any stretch of time, so hopefully he's back before the playoffs and certainly is is healthy and in a good state to play. If he's not healthy, I don't think it's really worth putting him in, because you don't really want to risk his long-term health for several games where the Jets are probably going to get either swept or eliminated in a very short amount of time. I hate to be a downer, but I think this year the Jets are probably not built to go that deep in the postseason, and certainly with the coaching staff the way it is, I don't expect the Jets to make it very far. Even if they play the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, which are technically the so-called easy 
easier opponents than the Oilers for the Jets, that's a team that you really don't want to mess with. The only reason I would say the the, uh, Leafs are technically an easier opponent is because they do less to stifle and just dump the puck like Edmonton does. So, you know, the Leafs tend to play a more open game, which in many ways works to Winnipeg's advantage. The Jets can't really play a grindy, physical, very slow-paced style of game because they're just not built for that. Either way, though, don't rush Ehlers. If he can't make it back, just let him rest, recuperate, get ready for next season. The other guy that has been this year's MVP, no surprise, he was certainly Winnipeg's MVP last season, and that's Connor Hellebuck. The American netminder has been an absolute rockin' net for the Jets, and even though he has had some issues over the past couple of weeks, it's hard to really put it against him. He's basically carried this team for like two years now, and frankly, the Jets even being in like a playoff position is because Hellebuck is such a trusty guy in net. What makes him so good is that he has a certain level of consistent excellence that makes him really dominant. He's got, you know, clean, efficient technicals. He's got very good ability to make reactionary reflexive saves, just as he's good at very simple, effective, you know, pre-shot positioning, typical big goalie saves, all the sorts of things that you want to see. His post coverage is good. He's very good at challenging shooters. He's often robbed breakaways by challenging shooters either out wide with his pads or shutting down the angles with his huge frame. So, you know, either way, Hellebuck has just been a rockin' net. He's saved tons of goals for the Jets. And if you're looking for a number one defender, Hellebuck is your guy. He's certainly not a defender that you want handling the puck, though. And that's something that continues to be a problem with him. It's kind of funny in some ways that he's so bad at it. Like, goalies in general don't really play the puck all that well. But honestly, Hellebuck might be the king of misplayed pucks. It just seems to be a skill that he really struggles with. And it's it's certainly something that at some point you would like him to stop doing because every time he does, it puts the team at risk. I will say that the amount of times the team itself actually puts Hellebuck at risk is, you know, almost immeasurably more than what he does when he plays the puck out of his net. For as many times as he bails his teammates out, it is really hard to get mad at him when he misplays the puck and does something really funny to concede a goal. So overall, Hellebuck, definitely an MVP candidate. Maybe Ehlers this year, you could say, has a slight edge, but I think in many ways, uh, Hellebuck has probably overtaken him and is frankly just carrying this team time and time again. He's, he's again, struggled the past couple of weeks, but I'm not really surprised by that. You do expect some regression. And in general, when it comes to like one single player on the Jets that I would trust with my life, it's got to be Hellebuck. That guy, you know, it's ride or die with him. You know, Ehlers and Hellebuck, these guys have been anchors for this team, and it really sucks that, unfortunately, their efforts aren't going to be enough to carry this team through the postseason, barring a super big surprise. So I have to say, huge seasons from them. I'd be curious to know if you have any other MVP candidates. I don't know if there's anyone else I could really point to having anywhere near the sort of impact, but certainly Neil Pionk would be a very distant third runner-up, I would say. But again, that is a super distant third runner-up. All that said, let me know what you think at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Maybe I'll talk about your MVP nominees on the next episode. For the remainder of tonight's show, though, we are going to transition to talking a little bit about Winnipeg versus Calgary. Before talking about that, though, I did want to let you know a little bit about Wealthfront. Stocks, memes, rocket ships, to the moon. What does any of that mean? Day trading is a ton of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing is always a very complicated process, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. 
That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a name you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go, as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back with the first leg of the Triple Crown. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, international soccer, UFC, MMA, golf, and so many other fantastic sports. BetOnline truly is your one-stop shop for all the sports you could possibly need. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter a few contests. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. All your favorite teams are heading into their deep playoff runs. Join them on their quest for glory and grab a few wins for yourself. Register for a free account at betonline.ag and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON when you do to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get in on the action today and start winning. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are here with the uh, end of this episode recapping a little bit of Winnipeg action against the Calgary Flames. Not the full game, mind you, just a few first period highlights and some early thoughts in this game as it is a very late one and of course I need to go to bed at some point at human hours. We'll have further thoughts on the game on tomorrow night's episode, but for now, let's talk about the reintroduction of Vili Heinola and Tucker Pullman off the first pairing, both of which had a very big impact on this first period. For one thing, Morrissey and Pionk being your first pairing ended up working out pretty well because Pullman just doesn't really have the defensive IQ and decision-making speed to really handle a lot of really intensive minutes. Even playing in a slightly smaller role alongside Derek Forbort wasn't really enough to get Pullman in better straights. In fact, that pairing at times got walked and and almost conceded a goal either to Elias Lindholm or Johnny Goudreau. I forget who it was that came in on the left side, but that was a really good wide-open shot that Connor Hellebuck actually had to be very sharp for. And the truth is, you know, Calgary really wasn't generating much at even strength. In fact, most of their chances probably came on the power play, their only one of the period, because otherwise they just really weren't able to get up through the neutral zone and into Winnipeg's offensive zone. And part of that was probably due to Winnipeg's back-end mobility, which was noticeably improved. You know, when you have Morrissey Pullman on your first pairing, oftentimes you find that that unit gets pinned down a lot, and certainly the forwards really struggle with defensive markings and clearances. Pionk can kind of assist with that a bit, and I, I think he's certainly less... I guess, spacey when it comes to defensive zone awareness and in-clearance ability than like a Tucker Pullman is. Tucker just constantly has his feet moving at a very slow speed, and he's really not comfortable under pressure, which Neil tends to handle a lot better, so that pairing I thought was okay. The other big addition, of course, is Vili Heinola, and Vili is just really good at exiting the zone. He has these amazing cross-seam passes, he can hit verticals, he can hit diagonal routes through the neutral zone. He actually surprises his uh, linemates sometimes with really good passes. Attempts that, to be honest, most of the other defenders on this team actually can't make, and I think it actually catches the forwards by surprise sometimes because when he hits these cross-seam passes or diagonals or whatever it is he's trying to do, oftentimes these passes are the ones that usually get picked off by opposing skaters. That Heinola can actually hit these routes while he's actually mid-stride or even off-balance is just kind of ridiculous when you really think about it. His passing, his distribution, his vision up the ice, he can do all of these at such a really high speed and rapidly in in transition that it's just 
it's such a different skill set that the Jets don't have. And I think the other thing that you notice is that when he's inside the defensive zone and essentially having to mark somebody in front of the net, which often requires a lot of really complex rotations and overlaps because the Jets' defensive structure is kind of a mess, his position and gapping on both interior lanes and the uh, the skaters to his exterior like flanking areas are, are really good. So he can he can both intercept a pass that's coming through either the slot or to that outside skater, or he can also seal off that skater from getting anywhere near Hellebuck and essentially just sort of mark those routes out, which is really impressive for a guy who's often doing this by himself. There was one really good example later in the period where he was marking the left forward or something. Well, I guess it was the right forward for Calgary, but Heinola's left side in this case, and Heinola kept scanning and watching the ice and keeping his positioning between himself and Hellebuck and the other skater, and the uh, any sort of like passing and shooting routes to the, to the net really marked well. Heinola didn't overcommit, sort of kept his, his gapping just right, and managed to disrupt any sort of plays. And then the only like shot attempt that actually came through was partly because Pierre-Luc Dubois wasn't really sealing off the guy directly in front of the net. Heinola is very much somebody who's attuned to these details, and I think it makes him such a really impressive young player, and somebody that the Jets should actually lean on. What super sucks is that Heinola had the least amount of ice time among the defenders, and it was by a pretty large margin. Play one of your best D, Winnipeg, it's seriously not rocket science. Thankfully, the Jets were up 1-0 against Calgary. The Flames were just really bad, in my opinion, not generating much at all at even strength or on the power play, so Winnipeg had a pretty easy first period. Hopefully, the Jets continue to play at least decently, maybe finish this game out. We'll see. We know that Winnipeg with a 1-0 lead, certainly not secure. You'll have to wait to find out how this game resolves on tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis on tomorrow's Locked on Winnipeg Jets. For now, though, that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked on Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked In Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.